We're live in the Asia Tech Podcast Studio. Graham Brown and Karen Bardwaz. Karen, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thanks well, a lot. It's great to have you here. We're going to talk about Rara Delivery. Yeah. Journey as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Stepping outside the comfort zone of the corporate <laughs> world into the world of entrepreneurship. Right. So a man who was many years in Unilever, right? Right, right. How many years were you in Unilever? I was there four years. Four, four years. Four to five years, yeah. yeah. Four or five years. Yes. And then you became an entrepreneur. That's right, yeah. You, before we talk about Rara Delivery, one of the yeah. questions I'm asking guests today, at what yeah. point in your life, yeah. this is a big question, yeah, did yeah. you know that you were destined to become an entrepreneur or did it just sort of happen? Yeah. Uh, I think even when I was in university, right, from, from that time, I always felt that I liked solving problems. You know, mm. that, that may sound cliche, but that was basically where I felt that I need my freedom and I want to see the impact. Right. The most important thing, right? I'm nothing against the corporate world. It's great. But uh, I wanted to have much more impact mm. in terms of what I'm doing, yeah. you know, eventually, which is where I thought entrepreneurship was really the direction. So at university? Which, yeah. yeah. Uh, where did you go to university? Uh, NTU in Singapore itself. Right. Okay. Yes. Where are you from originally? From India. From India. Yes. When did you come to Singapore? So I came after A-levels. Uh -huh. So I came to Singapore for my university. It okay. was back in 2009. 2009. So 2009, yes. you were 18? 17. 17. <laughs> yeah. And then you came to Singapore. Yes. Was it part of the master plan? Was it part of, I'm going to become an entrepreneur? Or were you just kind of happy to go and travel the world and see a bit of it? I think it was more of latter. I won't say... At the age of 17, I was clear in terms right. of what exactly to do. I think that's too early for anybody to know. And, you know, I always believe in exploring out there. Yeah. Look at all the opportunities and see what you like and then, you know, pursue from there. Yeah. So that was really the plan. Um, and I didn't really plan to move out of India. I didn't really plan to Singapore. I dots just kept connecting yeah that's how uh, it happens right? yes yes it seems very random at the time but when you're right. older and wiser it will, right you realize it's part of the master plan that's right that's right. And, and now definitely if i look back and yeah. see how things have turned out yeah it definitely looks like part of the plan yes makes sense where are you from in india uh near delhi near delhi yes so um was it uh, natural for people in your generation to become entrepreneurs so the people around you I know it, it's changing in India yes but yes. there's still many safer alternatives than being an entrepreneur right 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 uh, during my times I would say like 10 years back not yeah. that much like uh, a generation uh, the youth in India would still you know they would get a lot of opportunities mm. you know consulting banking engineering there are a lot of engineers we know um, but now things have definitely changed, you know, like the top universities, the MBA colleges, they are bringing the startup ecosystem into the culture, right. into the curriculum itself, which is what is changing. Yeah. And now, I mean, the startup industry in India is in a boom as well. And right. There's so many startups coming out of universities itself. So things have definitely changed. Yeah. 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 And it's sort of a side conversation as well yeah. here in Singapore, yeah, yeah. I think as well. And there is a, it seems that a lot of the entrepreneurial spirit is yeah. being sort of imported in a way. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, without getting too controversial, there's yeah. a very sort of, you know, if, if you're young and Singaporean, there are yeah. many alternatives yeah. to true. being a startup yeah. entrepreneur. Isn't That's it? true. You know, That's and safe true. as well. Yeah. Good careers, yeah. good pensions. Yeah. Yeah. 
So a lot of people coming from outside of Singapore and starting businesses here. That's I'm one, right. you're one. Yeah, yeah. And they've come from specific communities as well. Correct. So there seems to be a strong representation Correct. of Indian entrepreneurs Correct. here in Singapore. Very right. successful. Right, right. As well as, you know, people from other parts of the world. So it right. all adds to a good mix, doesn't it? That's true. That's they're bringing true. I mean, in different th- that's ideas. That's a good point about Singapore, right? You have a lot of different races coming together and contributing to the growing economy. Yeah. Same applies for the startup ecosystem as well, and which is good because you know you get different minds and working on different Absolutely. types of ideas that that helps the ecosystem to grow. Yeah, so good, that's great. Well, let's talk about growing the ecosystem in context yeah. of logistics and rara delivery. We're going to have yes. a quick look at your pitch deck sure, if you sure. may, Karen. Yeah. So yeah. here we go, Rapid Rabbit. So this is the actual name of the the company, company yes, itself. That's right. All right. Yes. Um, I want to ask you um, a little bit about the problem that you're solving. And yeah. when you um, do that, also to sort of look at the size of the market, because yeah, you provided yeah. a lot of data, headline yeah, data yeah. on what we're looking at here, especially yeah, in yeah. the context of e-commerce. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. So what is the genesis of yeah. Rapid Rabbits first? Right. Where, where did the idea start? Okay, okay, good. You know, for, for the idea to start, let me just give you a quick, a little more background about Yeah, myself. we like stories yeah. here, Karen, so yeah, let's so. do that. <laughs> Uh, so I was in Unilever, right, after I graduated, and I was basically in supply chain in Unilever. So I worked across all the different sub-functions in supply chain. So I was in planning, procurement, logistics, manufacturing, customer service. I did a little bit of sales as well uh, in Indonesia, Vietnam, and Singapore. Mm. So I was based in all of these markets. Yeah. So ha- having accumulated the experience from different supply chain sub-functions, in 2016, 2017, I was basically managing to end-to-end supply chain for the Unilever e-commerce across the cluster. Yeah, so I was managing Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, Philippines. Mm-hmm. And partnering with the likes of, partnering with the likes of uh, Lazada, Shopee across the cluster. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's where I saw the real boom in e-commerce, right? And I was stunned with the potential and the opportunity and what so many players are doing out there. And I saw a clear gap and the opportunity in the last mile industry. Mm. Yeah, that's where what the do you genesis, mean by last mile? Let, let's define that because that may not be a familiar term right, for some right. people. So last mile is basically delivering the parcels mm. from businesses warehouse to the doorstep, to the right. consumer's doorstep. That's a last mile delivery. Yep. And there are different parts of supply chain in e-commerce. And that's one of the parts. That's not mm. the entire supply chain, but that's one of the parts. And that's where I saw a clear gap. Mm. And I thought, okay, let me try something there. And right. that's where the idea originated. Is that specific yeah. to Asia? Because you've talked about some, for example, like Lazada. As yeah, an example. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. in the grand scheme of things is quite yeah. a new player compared right. to Amazon. Right? right, right, right. You know, in the US, right. Amazon are well-established, 20 right, years right. old. right. Here in Asia, especially Southeast Asia, Lazada, Last Mile, is it more of an undefined market? What's the situation? For those who don't kind of understand the lay of the land, and you've sat across all these markets, please help us understand, define it a little bit. Correct. So I think the market landscape is different when it comes to logistics. Like if we talk about US, like Amazon has really defined how things work, you know, consumer at the center and everything, they've put everything in place and owned it themselves yeah. and making sure they have things in control and making sure they're working it out. To, uh, because, you know, at that point, there was nobody else doing, they had to make it work. And mm. they, saw, they thought, why anybody else? Let me do it. Not That's not the same case in Southeast Asia, right? So in Southeast Asia, there's so many e-commerce players. Not everybody is building their own logistics, which also doesn't make sense because mm. you don't have scale. So that 
ends up coming to the logistics providers, the 3PLs, who then eventually help these businesses, e-commerce businesses, mm. to manage their last mile delivery. Got it. So right. compare that to, say, the US. Yeah. yeah. Would Amazon own the logistics providers or not? How would it compare yeah. differently? So it's a hybrid, you know. Right. So, so they have a lot of their own last mile delivery, provide, mm. delivery service in-house. At the same time, they partner with a lot of right. other uh, 3PLs as well. Okay. Yeah, so it's always a mix. Right, and it's a right. much more established market compared yes. to here in Southeast right. Asia. That's what do we right. have in Southeast Asia? Yeah. Maybe we can have a look at some of the, the data first. So, sure, sure. Um, if we can just flick through yeah. your... So I think we have to put this into context of the yes. growth of e-commerce in That's Southeast right. Asia. We That's hear right. a lot about growth of e-commerce in China, obviously. Right. You know, yeah. Alibaba, yeah. Yeah. obviously a big factor in it, JD, right. etc. Right, right. Southeast Asia is, you know, not far behind this market, right? Um, key input factor is obviously the growth of the middle classes as well. Right. You know, especially right. it's yep. good news for Unilever. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what we're talking about here, if we have a look at your data here, the market is growing from where you've projected it, if I was to sort of lean across sort of 13 to 17 yes. billion. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Currently to th almost three times that within yeah, yeah. how many years? Five years? Six years? Correct. So that $88 billion is roughly around 2025. Okay. Yeah. All right. So... If we were forward seven years, yeah. the market's going to increase by four to yes. fivefold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's What's driving right. that apart from the middle classes? That's is right. it just the middle classes? Definitely. I mean, a lot of factors, right? One is the middle class, the other yeah. is the internet penetration. Yeah. yeah. The internet penetration is growing at a tremendous rate. Like more and more people in, let's say, Indonesia and Vietnam, they have more and more people have mobile uh, connectivity. Mm. More of them people are going to internet, you know, surfing things, and which is where, and then that's where they realize the convenience factor that the e-commerce brings. Right. So, growing middle class, growing internet penetration, the requirement for convenience, all of them comes together to growing e-commerce industry. Mm. Yeah. So, if that's grown four or five times in six or seven years, yeah. Yeah. Compared to, say, let's say the U.S., has the yeah. U.S. had a lot longer to grow at that speed? Because I'm wondering, you know, we're sort of playing catch up a little bit here right, in Asia, right. aren't we? Definitely. Yeah. You know, if we were to compare that, they've had 20 years to put that together. Right, right. right. Here in Asia, it's happened in a third of that time, right? Correct, correct. And there's no sort of, the, there isn't that established last mile player base used to e-commerce right, at the same right. sort of level right. in U.S. as an example. Correct, correct, right? correct. Okay. So, so we can understand. So where we're we coming from. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. I just want to flick through here because... Um, it's kind of interesting that you've already defined the market yeah. here in terms of last mile yeah. players. Yeah. We, you know, we know a lot of these brands as household yeah. brands. Yeah. Interestingly, you're talking about Southeast Asia here. We yeah. have, for example, if you look at the bottom left, yeah, yeah, Bin being a Japanese company, right, which have right. a strong presence here, right, right. Um, Singapore Post, obviously, yeah, old fashioned postal service, Ninja Van. And then on the other side, you've got La La Move, who are based in Hong Kong, I believe, right? right? Yeah. Okay, and GoGo Van, I'm not sure where they're based, but can you yeah. tell us a little bit about what the market is like now? Right, right, right. Okay, you know, let me just take a small step back. Let's do it. Yeah, small step back, and let me come to this slide when we talk about the logistics players, right? But for us to be really able to understand Rara and understand what the market landscape is, we need to talk about customers. Mm. Yeah, we need to talk about customers. So what I mean by that is, um, if you, let's say, you know, Think about 20 years back, right? 20 years back, nobody really expected that, you know, I can just order a shirt online and then it'll show up at my doorstep. What, really? I don't need to go to a shop, yeah. right? That was usually Crazy. the perception, right? And today it has become like a norm, a standard, right? 
consumers have gone used to the way they shop online and it is part and parcel of their life right so the consumer behavior has really changed right and now in today's time in the last like 3 4 years with the advent of shared economy model that consumer behavior is changing much faster right so what i mean by that is um if i need a taxi you know i need to go somewhere i book a taxi 30 seconds boom it's downstairs right mm. if i want to order food i order food 30 minutes it's at my doorstep now all of these experiences are actually changing the consumer behavior and with that changing consumer behavior the consumer expectations are increasing a lot right now if you talk about online shopping mm. right now if you talk about online shopping the standard right now is two days delivery three days delivery right like if you order whichever website abc.com you order something you'll get it after two days you'll get it after three days and that's a standard but what what i believe what we foresee is that's not going to remain the standard no. let's say after five years forget five years after a year you know that's not going to be standard anymore and that standard is going to change right the consumers are asking for more the consumer are expecting much faster deliveries you know just so just imagine like friday morning you place an order for a dress and evening 7 pm it, it's at your doorstep for you to wear for the friday dinner yeah right that's a level of service that consumers are going to expect right and that's where e-commerce need to shift towards as well right businesses need to up their game to be able to cater to this growing same day delivery demand mm. yeah so that's where rara comes in got it so we are primarily a e-commerce last mile delivery service who's focused on same day delivery yeah so let's unpack that a little yeah. bit and understand yeah. how it works yeah. i want to put that into context as well before sure. we unpack a little bit yeah yeah uh last night nothing to do with you guys but i ordered <laughs> i ordered as an example just yeah. to talk about expectations i ordered um through Uh, Redmart. Yeah, yeah. So Redmart are one of not the largest grocery yeah, deliverer yeah. delivery yeah, in yeah. Singapore, right? Yeah. Ordered with Redmart due to arrive between 7 and 9 o'clock yeah. p.m. Yeah. Got a text at 9 saying it's going to be 9:45. Yeah. It was still late. Yeah. They said it was traffic and then yeah. 10 o'clock still hadn't turned up. But 10 yeah. o'clock bearing in mind it yeah. was still only 3 hours that window. Yeah, yeah. I I spoke to customer service and they said oh it's a bit delayed. Yeah. Um and I I sort of got a bit cross and I said cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> I threw my toys out the pram. I said cancel yeah. it, right? Now put this into context. When I was a kid yeah. and I ordered something through yeah. mail order, yeah, yeah. right? It was everything said please allow 28 yeah. days for delivery. Right, right. Right. So right. I'm the same person but my expectations yeah. have gone from accepting a month exactly for delivery to right. getting cross exactly at one hour late. Correct. So there you go. And I'm not necessarily of the demographic that's grown yeah. up with yeah. these yeah. sort of like sharing economy apps, right? So it just shows you how much now. And the interesting thing is that I think that you're completely right. The expectations are the key. Yeah. Where we thought two yeah. or three days is actually a good thing. Now consumers are going to get crossed. Exactly. They they want it now. Correct. They want it same day. So tell us a little bit about how you're dealing with that. Right, right. Correct. So totally aligned with that. You know, I mean, I that thing so with your experience i've personally felt faced that as well and that's gonna be how it'll be right moving forward so now if you talk about the logistics landscape right the slide that you were showing earlier mm. so there are two types of logistics players out there in the market right yep so we basically separated how the logistics landscape looks in terms of the players yep so one is uh, a business focused traditional player you know who are 
whose model is more on consolidation sorting right mm-hmm. so how they operate is the likes of like ninja van sing post so how they would operate is they would go to a business's warehouse collect all the parcels take it back to their sorting center and similarly from all the respective businesses collect take it back to the sorting center uh, consolidate all the parcels sort based on the zones mm-hmm. create routes for the next day or next to next day and then the next subsequent day the drivers collect their parcels follow a certain route and then deliver right that's how that's how i would say traditionally logistics have been right. even before e-commerce came in right even before it was b2b logistics like retailer distributor to retailer this was the way how it used to be it has always been right and this kind of a model is perfect it has proven to be efficient and it is efficient if you're talking about next day delivery or one to two days delivery right but if we try to replicate this model for same day delivery that's where the challenges start to come in why right because with same day the you ha- you always have a time crunch right so if let's say businesses try to follow the same model for same day delivery then you still need to go through your whole processes of going back to sorting center sorting mm. it creating routes and then drivers picking up again right and then all the parcels are traveling possibly traveling double distance like you go to a business warehouse come back to the sorting center and then go out for the delivery so you're losing out on a lot of time there mm. so it doesn't prove really efficient for same day delivery and if and there are some players in southeast asia who are trying to follow the same model for same day delivery but then what happens is your time cut off is way early right. in the day what are they know? still employing the old b2c so their dna is b2c traditional mail order Correct. with the depots and the like you say right right but all they're just trying to do is go faster exactly so okay. their with their model how it works is they're saying my cut off time is let's say 10 or 11 in the morning right so okay. that i still have time to go back and do everything right but then that compromises on the customer service right what we are trying to say is have as late cut off as possible mm. you know so that even if you place at let's say 2 pm you still get it same day but then that becomes a challenge if you're for, for facing the same uh b2c model yeah you can't right? do it within that model exactly right? that's what you're saying okay Correct. gotcha so that's one type of the logistics player right mm. and then we have the other type of logistics player which are the on demand model mm-hmm. yeah which is where the lala moves and the gogo vans and then similarly <clears throat> in indonesia we have grab gojek all of them trying to do the same mm. thing with the on demand model so on demand model it's perfect for an express point to point delivery right it doesn't have a warehouse in correct. between correct correct so let's say some businesses deploying these any of these players right. the these on demand drivers they would go to the business pick up and directly go and deliver right right so what they're doing is they're really leveraging the on demand fleet yeah because that's their strength yep. they have thousands of drivers or maybe 100,000 drivers on the streets and they're leveraging those drivers to do deliveries mm-hmm. now with them the problem comes in terms of optimization so what i'm saying is one driver is doing one order one delivery or maybe two or three maximum right mm. because one driver does two to three deliveries max so if suppose i have 100 100 orders i would need 50 or maybe 25 drivers to come and pick up their respective mm-hmm. parcels so that becomes an issue when we want to scale right if i have 1000 orders right. do i get 500 drivers to come in and pick up right. and deliver and you right. have to have 1000 orders regularly correct to fund those drivers lifestyles correct right? correct so now basically what we are doing is we're taking the best of the both worlds mm. right so the traditional model 
they're really good with capacity utilization mm-hmm. they're really good with optimizing their uh, routes whereas the second model is very much focused on uh, on demand express same day mm-hmm. so what we are offering is we're offering the best of the both worlds in which we still make sure that we are optimizing the capacity of our vehicles we are still making sure we do the route optimization and at the same time be able to do same day deliveries at scale right why don't the c to c players yeah. so like the lala movers do yeah. what you're doing yeah. why can't they do a hybrid yeah. model yeah. what what's yeah. it why does it take somebody like you to do that right so i think uh one of the answers is really on the technology front right, right? so our strength is really on the tech that we have built mm-hmm. so just to share more about that right so how it works is if let's say a business has 100 200 1000 orders mm-hmm. right and once the orders come through come to our system through api integration and stuff our algorithms start creating routes in real time yeah so our algorithm we do a lot of optimization looking at a lot of factors together so our algorithms would do capacity optimization would say if i have a bike or a car or a van or a lorry how many parcels can i fit in, in each of mm-hmm. these vehicles to optimize the capacity yep and then distance optimization to make sure our distance is as minimal as possible you know mm-hmm. to do it faster right and then optimize the time slot because what we do is we even offer time slots within the same day yeah so to make sure every point that we reach we reach during the time slot that the customer has requested for all of this happens in real time and we are optimizing like thousands and 10000s of orders at the same time in real time mm-hmm. so that technology is what differentiates us from just you know on demand matching of orders right. yeah. okay is that an ai based algorithm yes. how is it learning as well as it goes on that's right that's right so we started with our our own proprietary algorithms mm-hmm. like our algorithms that we built from scratch mm-hmm. and now as and when we're getting more orders the algorithms are definitely learning itself and it's getting better and better Okay, good. Yes. I'd like to know a little bit about your team as well. Yeah, Do yeah. we have a is there a slide in your pitch deck with the team in it? I just wanted Yes. Uh, I think it's towards the end. Here yes, we go, the founding that's the team. One. That's the one. Yes. So, um who is the technical brain? Obviously it's Anil Kumar, right? That's right. Who, yes. So is he the guy that's developing the algorithm? That's right. Okay, that's right. all right. So tell us a little bit about your team and how you came together. Where was the genesis of that? How did you meet? How did you know each other? Right, right. So I think um so what I really thought was for this business to grow, we need experts in each of the fields, right? Mm. So we need somebody who has an experience in operations, which is myself. and then we need somebody who has the experience of marketing and business development and growth hacking mm. because we need to be able to reach out to as many businesses as possible we need to become a homegrown brand that that consumers relate to that businesses relate to yeah so which is where i so i knew kanika from university as right. well i i like and the fact you call her a growth hacker rather than a chief marketing officer yeah, is so, it got why, it. why so for those who kind of familiar with the term right, well, right. what exactly are you talking about here yeah so it's not just marketing right so her job mm. doesn't just end at marketing the product it's mm. about growing the business right and whatever it takes for you to grow the business so, you know so you uh, leverage all the social media channels right. offline channels reach out to these businesses convert these businesses retain their businesses and different ways and different angles in mm. which you reach out to them and convert them yeah so really growing the business and not just mm. marketing ourselves right right especially right. you know coming from unilever i know she's right. not from unilever but yourself yeah. from yeah. unilever Marketing's quite different, isn't it? Right, in that right, context, right. it can mean, for example, sitting on a budget, right. assigning that budget to right, an ad right, agency, right. 
you know, that's very how it different. works. Very, very it's like writing checks, isn't right, it? Right, right. <laughs> Whereas, uh, you know, Chief Growth, growth Hanker yeah, yeah. does everything within marketing. Exactly. Right? exactly. You know, and, and very much hands-on. Correct, correct. And testing, correct. not having a sort of a very top-down approach towards correct, marketing. Okay. Correct. So marketing, sales, BD combined. Everything yeah, is what yeah. it needs. So right. it's Kanika, you met f at university and yes. Anil? Yes. So Anil, I know for like 10 years back uh, right. from India as well. Okay. So, so he's like a proper tech geek who's passionate about building products and right. doing something of his own. So even before we started this, I used, we always used to have conversation. I've built this. This is how this is already live. I'm trying out this and all of that stuff. So right. I could really see the hunger to do something innovative and right. creative and start build something from scratch. So he has like more than like 11, 12 experience in tech. Right. Using in, in air, well, he's worked at an airline as well previously. So yes, that right. Was right. probably very logistics based as correct, well. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So, so he has experience in a lot of different industries working in tech. Yeah, uh, different tech solutions, multi-tier architecture, everything. So he has. So we really have the expertise in terms of operations mm. to to really you know make sure we're able to manage end-to-end logistics and then we have expertise in terms of growth hacking so which is where mm. kanika comes in and then expertise in terms of the product the tech that we're building because right. at the end of the day we are a tech company yeah so which is where which is how we ended up forming the team great yeah i don't know kanika's background but you said you're from university you met are you yeah. all three born in india uh yes all right and you're born all, in are india, you all yes. here in singapore at the yes moment? yes Okay, and how many people are you in your team at the moment? Is it just you three founders or you have more in your team? No, we have. So we have, I mean, we're leveraging a lot of interns there. Yeah. <laughs> so we have interns uh, in Singapore uh, managing business development operations. Yeah. And then we also have a lot of developers, some in Singapore and some back in India. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I want to talk about your fundraising as well and your right. current situation. Right. How old is your business now? Right. Uh, so we started in Singapore. Yeah. yeah. So we have been in Singapore for around eight, nine months. Eight, nine months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If we can just flip back onto the pitch deck here. How have you funded right. it until now? Right. Uh, so we we uh, got a few few rounds from, I mean, not rounds, but a small uh, amount from angels. And then yeah. we bootstrapped. And now we're raising our first main seed round uh, as we speak right now yeah. uh, for around half a million. Why, why didn't you let, let me just play devil's advocate here? Why didn't you bootstrap this in India? Because yeah, yeah. I know you have your developers there, but right. Singapore is an right. expensive place to bootstrap right, a business. Right, right. No, you're right. You know, so Singapore definitely is only the test bed, right? right? So the the refund that we are raising is not really to expand insanely in Singapore. Right. It is to expand out of Singapore. So the next market we're looking at is Indonesia. Right. Mm. That is really our next way to go, which is why we're raising the round right now. And Singapore was just to test the technology right. and make sure everything is in place. Yeah, there's a yeah. highly competitive market right, as well. Right, so right. you get it right here. Right. And you have access to funding here. Right, right. So go back to the funding. You self-funded and bootstrapped. Yeah. Then you got an angel round. Yeah. You yeah. got a, like a, a seed round. Right, right. And currently, what's your situation in terms of fundraising? So, so yeah. So we are in talks with a lot of investors who are... It based some some of them are in Singapore, some of them are in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. Basically, what we're looking for is investors whose focus is in, let's say, Indonesia mm -hmm. and the overall Southeast Asia in general, and also who's interested in the space of e-commerce logistics. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. And is there any particular investors that you're looking for? What what I mean by that is, I don't think there's any shortage of money at the yeah, moment. Yeah, 
you know there's uh, southeast asia asia yeah. is awash with money yeah yeah um you're also looking for access to indonesian markets are there right. like is it institutional investors is it yeah. part logistics partners for example yeah. who might want to yeah. take a stake in you do you have a particular idea yeah. about yeah. the kind of partners you want as investors yeah yeah so i think one is definitely the somebody who can get us the access right like mm. you mentioned access to indonesia mm. as well as some of the other southeast asia markets as well so what we're looking for is investors who not just bring in money yeah. but also uh, mentorship is definitely one thing which we expect from the vcs mm. and the guiding you know the guiding line towards where uh, and the vision which is aligned between us as well as the investors which is yeah. very important for us and then somebody who can bring connections and to these markets so uh, technical kind of investors who understand the technology industry who yeah. understands the e-commerce logistics industry and who believes in the much much longer term vision that we're looking at great right let's talk about your team as well because yes. you, you must be expanding yes so um always curious to know what kind of people you're looking for yeah do you um focus on the the hard skills that they bring yeah. to the team yeah. or do you focus on the attitude of the person to join yeah. your team um do you have a specific shopping list of people yeah. that you want to join your your, yeah. your founding yeah. team so yeah. to speak yeah um because there are people who will watch this and say yeah. hey look you know i want to help yeah you know yeah. i want to be part of this i right, get right. you know current i get your vision and where yeah. you want to go with this i yeah. think i can help yeah. yeah over to you i mean in terms of that sort of recruitment yeah you have specific needs or is it more the personality you're looking for Yeah. So we are definitely hiring at this point, right? So mm. we're hiring developers in India, we're hiring uh operations, mm. marketing, like senior uh, key leadership positions in Indonesia mm. as well as in Singapore, right? Mm. For me, I think in terms of who I'm looking for and and who we as a team are looking for, one thing one trait that I look for mainly and badly is the hunger hunger yeah let's right. define that is the is the hunger because is I that feel on the cv can i see that on somebody's cv resume no, no, no it's definitely not on cv i mean cv is just to get an interview but it's the discussion that we have that mm. really tells us about that hunger because yeah. i feel that you need one set of hard skill mm. whether it is in terms of marketing or in terms of logistics or in terms of technology but that's not enough to work in a startup Yeah because in a startup what you need is to go beyond what you already know in order to contribute to the startup's success mm. in a long mm. term right so for for example i mean i didn't have much experience in tech or marketing but i i'm learning myself mm. from all of the people around and same applies to our marketing people you know who get their hands dirty in operations as well sometimes so so basically it's about hunger to really learn and grow themselves as well as the business mm. and who's really curious you know to be part of this journey to really get their hands dirty to really learn and really do whatever it takes to move in the right direction to yeah. move forward right and which is definitely i think it's more important especially when you join a startup at this early stage yeah. how, right. how do you identify that at that early stage when you you're talking to potential candidates yeah yeah How do you identify yeah. the hunger yeah. when it's not on the CV? Right. And you talk about curiosity. All these are very important traits. Right. right. 
Are there specific questions you would ask? Yeah. Not giving the game away, but yeah. are there specific things you look for yeah. that they've yeah. done yeah. or the things that they say? Yeah, Because yeah. this is really pitched at right. other founders. How do right. they... Because this is always a challenge, right. isn't it? Right, right. Sometimes you don't know until they right. start and then right. you realize there isn't a good fit, right? right? right. So that, right. that's one way of doing it, but that right. can be quite right. costly in terms of time. Right. What about... What's your own sort of strategy in that, right. Karen? Right. You, you know, I mean, it's definitely a gamble uh, at the end of the day, right? Mm. Uh, if you're hiring for, let's say... Uh, fresh for fresh grads and stuff. Uh, you can always start with internships and see how they're performing. You know how they're responding, responding to the hardships. Yeah. You know that that for me really reflects your character, right? When business is going down, nothing is working. How do you come out of it, and how do you respond to that situation? Is what defines how you will be when it's in good times, right? Mm. In good times, everybody's good, happy, world is nice, it's good. But what what happens when it's not good? Yeah. So you can see for, for, for a junior roles, you can always see from the internships perspective. Right. But then for the senior roles, and th that's what we're looking for, it's, you know, like I said, it's really difficult unless, you know, you work with the person. So at the end of the day, you always need to get it out from your internship, interviews and stuff. And I really like to meet meet the person mm. once, twice, thrice. Put them in different kind of situations. Give them a real life problem. See how they respect, how they're thinking, you know. Um, and you can always really make out the difference in terms of picking problems versus finding solutions. Right. What's the right. difference? Explain you know, to me. So one is you have a situation, and one approach is okay. This is not right. This is not right. This is a problem. What do we do? Right. Yeah. And the other is okay. What do we do to solve it? Mm. Right. How do we come up with a solution? What's next? And thinking, go oh, whatever is done wrong because you always have screw ups, right, mm. in startups. But how do you fix them? Right. How do you fix them in the immediate basis? And how do you find a long term solution? So having that knack of finding solutions and making things work in whichever form they are, that is something which is very important. Yes, and yeah. that's not something yeah. necessarily you can learn or are trained right. into. Correct. That's almost like a character trait, exactly. isn't it? Correct. When you Correct. present them with a challenge, right, right. how are they gonna come back to you and say, well, we can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, exactly. or are they gonna say, Okay, exactly. maybe I don't have all the answers, right? But let's try this, exactly. and that's what you've got to do. And it's a very different, isn't it, coming from the right. corporate world right, where right. you have to have everything kind of there exactly. for you and have all the resources, exactly, exactly. And here it's a very different world. Correct, correct. So resourcefulness, like you rightly said, mm. you know, how do you find the solution? You you may not have the resources. You know, you may not have the budget. You don't have enough people. Uh, you might not have connections, but how do you still make things work? Mm. You know, if A is my best case scenario and I cannot do it for because of several reasons, which we understand, what's the next best? How do you make sure that happens? And once that happens, how do we uh, aim towards that A best case scenario? Right. Know? So that kind of attitude is something which is natural, you know, out of the attitude. Absolutely. You don't learn it. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, right. that that's really good advice as well. Right. Now, I want to ask you the ATP question of the day, which we've asked all our founders today. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you kind of, in, in a way, I think you've kind of alluded to the answer already, yeah. but a bit of role play then. Um, I'm an 18-year-old Karan, and I'm, yeah. you know, 18, I'll be going to university, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe somebody says to me, so I'm faced with all these life choices. Yeah, yeah. I can go to university and study as an engineer, yeah. or, you know, my family want me to become a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> as an Asian, I'm sure you can appreciate this this pressure. And, you know, doctor, engineer, lawyer, accountant, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I'm hearing now that I might need to go and work 
as yeah. you know start my own startup you know yeah, yeah. screw college let's just go and start yeah. my own startup i'm yeah. getting all this kind of conflicting advice i'm right. 18 years old right, right. staring at this career path ahead of me right right i'm feeling overwhelmed with all this choice and conflicting yeah. advice whereas you know yeah. 10 years ago it's very easy just go to college graduate right then work it out what right, do i right. do now how, right. how do i work this out how would you advise somebody in that situation yeah 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 you know i mean i have my younger brother as well so i used to play do that role play <laughs> with him as well uh, my my advice is always you know keep your options open and explore you know uh, just because engineering is the way to go, which used to be a lot in my times as well. Th that shouldn't be the reason why you do engineering, but mm. you do engineering because that's where your interest lies, right? Uh, exploring, you know, explore different things. Mm. Uh, even when you go to university, right? So when I was in university, you don't just study engineering, you know, you, so I studied engineering and then I also took minor degrees in business and entrepreneurship. Mm. So, so because my idea was just to explore as much as you can, because you know you don't know what you don't know, right? So, and unless you know all of those options, you can never make a wise decision, mm. right? So, my advice is always explore as many options as you can, and for that. If you have to do university to get that hard skill, if you have to do probably, let's say, internship, or if you want to start something of your own, whatever it takes for you to explore that, take that plunge yeah. because you're going to learn from it and then know what's out there and then make a decision of where your interest lies and what what makes you happy and where you can add value, right? Yeah. So these two things are most important. So, yeah, so that's always my advice. That's great advice, to, yeah. That I'm, would be my advice to younger minds. Explore, yeah. Take yeah. the opportunity to see what options are out there. I remember right, the, right. the Steve Jobs commencement speech, the address is yeah. that he talks about being at university and then right. going to design classes yeah, and dropping yeah. on, on like, you know, calligraphy classes exactly. as well. Because like you're talking about happiness as well and right. finding what you're passionate about. Right, right. Don't just do engineering. Right, Do right. engineering and use that as a platform to explore right, other things right, as right. well. Correct, correct. Because, you know, there, there are a lot of things that needs to come together for you to be able to find what you want to do in the long term, yeah. right? Which is, what what are, you, what are you passionate about, you know? And then what are you good at? And then at the end of the day, you also need to make money, right? So finding that good balance between something you're passionate about, which, which, which is going to make you happy, something you're good at, where you can add value as well, and something that can, you know, fill your pockets as well. So finding that perfect balance between mm. these three things, it's never easy. And you cannot, most of the people may not be able to do, at, do that at the age of 18. And you can always, you can only find that perfect balance once you explore out there. So don't settle too early. Explore out there and then see the options, then make that decision. Great advice. Explore. Yeah. Karen Bhagwaj, yes. everybody. CEO and co-founder of Rara Delivery. It's been yes. a real pleasure having you on the show See, today. See, my pleasure. It was lovely talking to you, Graham. Thanks for sharing your journey with us. Thank you. Thank you. And for those people that were watching, listening, that want to reach out to you yeah. for whatever reason, potential yeah. investors, potential partners, yeah, yeah. potential team members, yeah. etc. Yeah. What is the most effective way yeah. of getting in touch with you? Yeah, I'm active on LinkedIn. I would I love to connect people on LinkedIn, so mm. I'm always available on LinkedIn, and then can directly write to me over my email as well. So my email is Karan at Rara Delivery. Excellent. We'll put yes. all the details in the show notes. Perfect. Perfect. That's great. Thanks for coming today, Karan, and um, let's get an update. Let's see, you know, where we are in six to twelve months from yes. now, because this is yes. always a journey. Yes, it's a journey that unfolds, Definitely. and we don't we don't know quite 
the 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 route we're going to take yeah but yeah. destination usually is right, you right. know where we're heading but exactly. you know let's see how that goes in six to 12 months how your expansion goes sure. how your fundraise goes yeah yeah you know the latest news from your team as yeah, well so yeah. please come back and share that with us sure definitely we'd love to be back here thank Excellent. you so much